Thank you for your majesty. And thank you that we are your desire. Amen. Thank you, Ben. You played your hearts out. Do you want to go have a seat? Normally, at this point, we would be having uh, the Jelly Baby offering, but because I'm feeling slightly anarchic tonight, we're going to do that at the end. And sorry, Tim, I haven't told you. By the way, Tim's up there, and he works his guts out on Sunday at 5. And so let's say thank you to Tim. And can I have just a little bit of light up here? That'd be great. Cheers. One of the things I want to talk about tonight is the importance of truth. And because the truth is important, and because a lot of you don't hear from me very often on Sunday at 5, what I'm going to do to begin with is to allow a few of you to ask me any question you want about myself, what I think, what I believe, that sort of thing. And the only, I will promise that I will tell you the truth. And if I can't answer the question because it would hurt someone else or it'd be inappropriate, I will say to you, I'm sorry, I can't answer that question. So you can ask any question you want, and I will promise to tell you the truth, or to at least tell you, I'm sorry, I can't answer that question. So who's got the first question? Go for it. My full name is Brett Christopher Gray, with an A, Gray with an A. Oh, that was too easy. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, what is it? That's a really hard question. Um, I love being an American, but I much prefer living here right now. Uh, That's what I'd say. Okay. George? Do you know what? I didn't have a serious girlfriend until I was 18. Really? I was a late bloomer. I'm sure that you have had several there. George, what age were you when you had your first serious girlfriend? That's not fair. You don't have to answer that. Who else would like to ask me a question? It doesn't have to be about myself. It could be about what I believe. It could be, I don't know, what I prefer. What I like on my pizza or something more serious. Definitely a bit of a curry hound, which I'm missing right now. Yeah, George, coming back to you. (laughs) I'm tempted to say I can't answer that question, but no, I have never had my back waxed. Actually, I've never had any part of myself waxed. You'll be happy to know. Anyone else have a question? Yes, Kathy. How old was I when I became a Christian? That's a really hard question because if you'd asked me that about 15 years ago, I would have said I was 14. But now, looking back, I know I, I think God was at work in my life much younger, and I knew God at a much younger age. And yeah, so I actually don't know. 
I used to think it was 14, but I think God was involved in my life a lot before that. Yeah, Jesse? No, I have never had a manicure. <laughs> George, you've had too many. Uh, anyone who hasn't asked me a question yet want to ask me a question? Yeah, go for it. Yes. Frequently. But I still believe. Okay, all right, Jamie. How old are you today? I actually don't know the answer to that question. I could probably work it out with some mathematical calculations, but I was born on June 24th, 1971. I'm currently 35. I'll be 35 and a half on Christmas Eve. But if you want to work it out for yourself, you can. Go for it, George. My favorite, my favorite band. Oh man, I don't know the answer to that. Um, used to be REM, but but mainly like the sort of pre-automatic for the people stage. You know, sort of late '80s REM. Very very good. Um, I love, you know, actually, I mean, it, it just depends, but I used to be a serious R.E.M. freak. I had all their albums on tape, if that dates me. Not a to track, I'll have you know. <laughs> all right, one more, Harry. Who do you date you know how I said earlier that I wouldn't answer the question if I felt it was inappropriate? <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> Not going to happen. Okay, I want to, I think the truth is hugely important, but I want to let you into a little secret. Um, if you're not an adult yet, you may have figured this one out. You may not have. And the secret is, is that we adults do not always tell young people the truth. You know, it's actually not that we set out to lie to you, because we usually do it for the best of intentions, because we care about you. And we want to protect you. You know, when your parents look at you, probably one of the biggest feelings they have is they actually want to protect you. And so you think they're being stupid. But actually, they love you and they want to protect you. And sometimes we tell lies because we want you to make the right choices. But actually, I'm not sure we actually help you when we don't tell you the truth. So, for instance, the next time an adult says to you, Izzy, Izzy, you can be anything that you want to be. I want to tell you something. That's not actually true. If your eyesight sucks, you will never be a fighter pilot. If you're allergic to cats, please don't try to become a veterinarian. If you're clumsy, don't try to become a brain surgeon. And if you're not incredibly intelligent, rocket scientist is definitely out. Sometimes we'll tell you that you can be anything you want to be. You know what? We tell you that because we want you to feel good about yourself. And we want you to work hard in school and all the rest. And the truth is, is that you can be a lot of things if you work hard. But if someone tells you that you can be anything you want to be, they're not telling you the truth. Well, there's another lie that adults and sometimes adults in church, church being the place where you should be told the truth, there's another lie that adults in church will sometimes tell you. Christianity is easy. 
It's a lie. It isn't. I want to tell you the absolute truth here. Christianity is not easy. The reason why adults may tell you that it is is because we want you to make right choices. We want you to follow God. We want you to meet him. We want good things for you. But if in trying to get you to make those choices, we tell you that Christianity or even hint that Christianity is easy, we're not actually telling you the truth. This God stuff is good. It's more good than I could possibly explain here tonight. But sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes it's really confusing. And sometimes it costs a lot. So let me tell you a story. It's from about 20 years ago, and it's about a youth group that used to meet not so very far away from here. It was my youth group. No, it was here. I moved here when I was 14. We were actually almost famous. People, they wrote articles about our youth group because we were at the time one of the biggest and most successful youth groups in the country. There were about 140 of us. Can you imagine 140 people at Thirst or TGIs? And not only were there a lot of us, but incredible things were happening. God was moving. We used to have spine-tingling experiences of the presence of God. People were getting gifts from the Spirit. People were evangelizing their friends, and their friends were becoming Christians. God was at work. There's only one problem. 20 years later, many of my friends aren't Christians anymore. They've gone cold. They've walked away. And I'm not talking here about the slackers and the fringe people. I'm talking about the on-fire, speak-in-tongues, evangelize-your-friends types. They quit. They drifted away. Possibly, and there are a few reasons probably, but possibly one of them is that no one actually warned them that following Jesus is sometimes hard. And so when it got hard, they weren't actually prepared And some of them got lost. Well, there's one thing you can say about Jesus. He was not a liar. He always told the truth. No sugarcoating. No prettying it up. Even it was inconvenient. Even it was difficult. When you talk to Jesus, you got the truth. And in the gospel, one of the truths that Jesus consistently told his friends was that following him wasn't easy. It was going to be hard. And one of the stories he tells, one of his parables, was actually about this. Let me read it to you. Jesus says, what do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and the birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening? 
Jesus said, study the story of the farmer planting seed. When anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. This is the seed the farmer scatters on the road. The seed cast on the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm, but there is no soil of character. So when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom's news. But the weeds of worry and illusion about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what is heard, and nothing comes of it. The seed cast on the good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Why would Jesus tell a story like that? I think partially is a warning to help us. The first warning is for those of you who hear Jesus' good news, but don't do much about it. Maybe you come at Sunday at 5 a few times. It's kind of fun. It's kind of weird. You can take it or you can leave it. Well, God isn't really something that you can take or leave. And what we're singing and talking about, we actually believe in. Don't let the birds carry it away. But for many of us here tonight, I think the second warning is a bit more important, a bit about the gravel soil. That's about people who've heard about Jesus already and even have had an experience of him but are in danger of losing it because they don't have roots. Maybe you went to Ignite or Soul Survivor. Maybe you've had some great experience of God, his love and his beauty. Maybe you've even received some sort of spiritual gift. Maybe the worship here at Sunday at 5 has opened your hearts to him in new ways. If that's you, fantastic. But this story is a warning. It can still all go away if you don't grow roots. Growing roots isn't easy, but it is simple. It involves doing those things day by day, which help you to learn to love God better and to love other people better. Like reading God's word, praying to him, praying and meeting with other Christians, coming to Thirst, coming to TGIs, coming to Sunday at Fives, learning to obey God in little things. Life is Christianity is hard, but if you grow roots, you'll survive. And I can promise you one thing for sure, that one day when you stand before God, and guess what? We all get to stand before God. One day when you stand before God, he isn't actually going to care two figs if you spoke in tongues, raised your hands in worship, or even played guitar in a worship band. He'll want to know, did you take the time to be in his presence? Did you take the time to learn about his love for you? And did you share that love with others, especially that really annoying kid that no one else liked? Did you love him? Because God loves him. So why didn't you? 
that's the sort of question God is more likely to ask. Did you grow roots? That's not that singing and worshiping and raising your hands isn't important. They're wonderful. They're ways of expressing our love for God. But that's the throth on the cappuccino. It's the added extra. The really important thing is, did you learn to love God? And have you learned to love other people? Or did you just enjoy the buzz and wander away when it dried up? A lot of my friends back in the deep, dark 1980s didn't have roots. Some of them got lost. And then there's the weeds. I hate weeds. My back garden is full of a particularly nasty one called bindweed, and it does exactly what it says. It binds itself around every other plant it comes into contact with, and it strangles the life out of them. It's actually quite pretty. It's got nice flowers. It almost looks attractive, but it's deadly. I think the warning Jesus is giving there is that even if you grow your roots, if you set yourself down in the wrong places and you put yourself in the wrong situations, your faith is going to get choked. Because let's be honest, there are a lot of attractive things out there. Some of them even more fun than Sunday at 5. Yeah. And a lot of those distractions can compete with God. For some of you, it might be a little too much internet. A little too much TV, a little too much stuff with screens. Maybe some of that stuff isn't that appropriate. For some of you, it might be clothes, MP3s, popularity. For some of you, it might be guys or girls. For some of you, it might be the wrong sort of friends. For some of you, it might be even a little chemical high. Drink, smoke, whatever type. And then lying to your parents about where you were. Adults being not the only people who occasionally lie. Not all that stuff is necessarily bad, although some of it is. But what it can do when it gets out of hand is it can distract you from God and take you to places you shouldn't be. And you'll find yourself in weeds, and they once looked so darn attractive. But you'll find those things binding themselves to you and tangling up your life. It's not a fun place to be because I've been there myself. Christianity, yeah, it's hard. Following Jesus is actually hard. You've got to grow your roots and you've got to stay clear of the weeds. But at the end of the story, there is a promise. Something beyond your wildest dream. Jamie, what's your wildest dream? Flying. How's your eyesight? Oh, okay. Just lying? Okay. (laughs) Cool. The promise of Jesus for those who follow him, who grow their roots and keep clear of the weeds, is something beyond your wildest dream. And I can say about my own faith, it ain't been easy. There's a good question about, do I sometimes doubt and have questions? Yes, I do. But I ultimately believe that I will have no regrets. God is good and God is faithful. He doesn't play tricks on us. So stay clear of the weeds. Put down your roots. Remember your parents actually do care about you even if they, you think they're acting stupid. Don't lie to them. 
Ask them not to lie to you. And God bless you all. I'm just going to pray. Father, you are so utterly faithful to us. And you desire such good things for us. I pray that nothing would take the good news out of the hearts of the people who are gathered here today because you love every single one of these people beyond belief. And I pray that you would help us all to grow roots, to do the hard day-by-day stuff, which teaches us to love you more and to love others. And I pray that you'd help us to stay clear of the weeds, those things which choke our lives and take over and distract us from you. Amen. It's time for your groups. We'll have the collection when we come back at about 20 past 6. And if you don't know where you're going or a bit confused by what James said, do ask him. Don't sort of wander around thinking, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. All right. Have fun.